Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, April 20th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Blind hockey is almost identical to sighted hockey. One major difference is a noisy puck that helps visually impaired players find it on the ice. But there are a few problems. We need a better solution for that to make a better lasting puck so it's more inclusive and able to be used. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports on St. Louisans who are trying to build a better puck for blind hockey players. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones is pledging to spend $150 million to make what she calls historic commitments to North St. Louis. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman has more from the mayor's first State of the City address. The $150 million represents more than half of the city's remaining allocation from the American Rescue Plan Act. Jones says she knows it will not be enough to reverse decades of intentional neglect in many of the city's neighborhoods, but she calls it a first step on the road to economic justice. It will take every single one of us, community, labor, faith, business, our philanthropic partners, our universities, to leverage this $150 million investment and magnify its impact. Details of the plan were not immediately available. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. An attorney and local Democratic official is the newest member of the St. Louis Board of Aldermen. Michael Gross defeated Republican challenger Tanya Mason by a wide margin in yesterday's special election. To fill the vacant 28th Ward seat, he will serve the remaining year of Heather Navarro's term. She resigned in January to take a job at Washington University. The St. Louis County Council has approved funding to help expand the downtown St. Louis Convention Center and build a North County Recreation Center. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports. The council voted 6-1 to one to use $105 million of bonds toward the downtown center and an additional $40 million to go towards the creation of a North St. Louis County Recreation Center. The process to finalize the North County Center's funding has been the focus of debate for months. Council Chair Rita Days held up funding for the convention center, signing a 2019 agreement with Explore St. Louis to use hotel-motel tax funds for a North County Recreation Center. James McGee is mayor of Venita Park. He says the North County Rec Center is a much-needed community asset. The exact location of the facility has yet to be decided. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. The Missouri House has passed legislation establishing a parent's bill of rights focusing on public education and other provisions related to schools. Part of this package gives parents the option to review course materials if their children are attending a school that receives state funding. Districts that violate the new requirements could face civil suits and have funding withheld. Legislation sponsor Representative Ben Baker says the bill recognizes that parents are the ultimate authority when it comes to their children's education. This is about those who have concerns about the content of the classroom and classroom materials, what is being put in front of their child in the classroom. Baker says the bill will go through changes in the Senate. A circuit court judge in St. Louis will hear arguments today in a lawsuit against the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, the case alleges the department violated Missouri's open records law. 
St. Louis Public Radio and APM Reports repeatedly requested data from the St. Louis Police Department last year to understand how well detectives are solving homicides. But the department refused to release information about whether police had solved cases, data it has previously released to another media outlet. Washington University's First Amendment Clinic filed suit against the department on behalf of Minnesota Public Radio, the parent organization of APM Reports, and reporter Tom Shack. Attorneys for the police department have asked for a portion of the case to be dismissed, arguing the plaintiffs do not have legal standing to bring the claim. Lawyers for both parties declined to comment. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis is home to one of 17 blind hockey clubs in the U.S. They use a steel puck that makes a loud noise as it slides across the ice. Players say that equipment needs improvement. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports on engineers in St. Louis who are on a mission to build a better hockey puck. One of the first things you notice when you drop in on the St. Louis Blues Blind Hockey Club practice in Maryland Heights is that it's really loud. Sean Vora, the team's goalie and captain, says that clanging you hear comes from the puck the team uses, which is about the size of a cereal bowl. The puck is about three times larger. It's made of metal and has ball bearings in it because it's hollow, and it makes a really loud rattling sound. The noisy puck, used by blind hockey players for decades, is one of the few adaptations that blind hockey players use to play the sport. A lot of people that come into the rink don't, don't ask what game we're playing. They ask, why is that puck making noise? It, it, which is a, a, a small shift, but a really important shift. The puck makes noise because we can't see it. The rattling puck helps blind hockey players locate it on the ice. But some say the decades-old equipment is long overdue for an update. Bora and others are working with engineers at St. Louis University to create and test a better hockey puck for blind players a deceptively complicated engineering problem. The first issue with the pucks, they're way less durable than the vulcanized rubber ones used by sighted players. Josh Fields, a defenseman on the team, explains that within hours of play, the puck starts to look like a crushed tin can. You'll see they use a fresh puck for every single game. With the inexpensive pucks that sighted hockey players use, that's usually not a big deal. But, Fields explains, a specialty blind hockey puck can cost 20 to 30 times more than a rubber one. So, get spending the 60 bucks every time to get a puck that's going to be used probably six or seven ice times in a practice with minimal use, we need a better solution for that to make a better lasting puck to, so it's more inclusive and able to be used. The second big problem is the puck goes silent when it stops moving. The biggest limitation as someone who is near totally blind was the fact that once that stops, stops moving, nobody could find it. That's Seyun Choi, another defenseman on the team and a student at SLU. Choi and others are working in the university's Chrome Lab, which works with people with disabilities to develop adaptive tech to build a better hockey puck. Choi's collaborating with Janet Gorlowitz, a mechanical engineering professor and director of the lab. She says engineers are tackling the durability of the existing puck first. So the puck is like an elegant musical instrument, right? But anything you add to it changes the acoustic profile. And we don't want to do that because the acoustic profile is the best thing about this current puck. 
the scientists figured out a cheap solution. They 3D printed a lightweight ring that fits around the sides of a puck like a dog collar to keep it from getting dented. But it needs adjusting. Anything added to the puck affects how it slides across the ice and dampens the sound of the ball bearings inside. Gorlowitz says figuring out how to make the puck make noise when it's standing still is much more complicated. <laughs> the puck has to be really loud in order to be heard. And so you, you sort of have this trade-off between how loud it can be and then in thinking about like an electronic puck, this is in a very small package. And electronics tend to not do well in harsh environments, meaning water and ice, and it's gonna get hit really hard. At a workbench in a back room packed floor to ceiling with wires, bolts, and other electrical supplies, the lab's team shows off what it's been working on, an electronic puck that makes a pleasant white noise staticky sound. They could also make a mechanical solution, a device attached to the 3D printed cage. It could sense when the puck has slowed down and start a tapping mechanism that would get the ball bearings rattling again. The engineers say it will likely be months before an improved puck is ready for play, but Choi says it's going to be worth it. It's going to take one step at a time. Um, I think we're taking a lot of small steps, small baby steps, to get to where we want to be. He imagines a future with more blind hockey players and fewer pucks that look like crushed beer cans. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.